It is uh, Tuesday, the 16th day of uh, April, 2019. The year is flying by. I don't know about you for you, but man, it sure is for me. Today, let's just have a conversation. No big deal. We're going to connect a few dots, but nothing hardcore. A lot of times, a lot of these podcasts that we do here, we put a lot of effort into them to uh, choreograph a bunch of different things. But today, I thought I would just have a relaxed conversation with you. And one of the items I'm going to put online at Fixed Cost Investing. Uh, dot com. And if you go to the podcast, you'll see some of the links. And I don't know, we might put some of these things in as links to for uh, iTunes and for Overcast. By the way, I just love Overcast. Fantastic podcast player. Of course, I would like you to go to our site, but um, they do a nice job. So I was on Facebook this morning and I pulled up a picture and it's a picture of a guy holding a poster board and he's written in black marker this is the size of a hole made by an AR15 and then below this big blotch so this big round circle and it's jagged and it's I have pretty big hands and it's uh, definitely as big if not bigger than from my uh, index finger or my middle finger down to my wrist it's a it's a big hole right and then below it it says tell me again why you need that and I thought, you know, it's just interesting, unfortunately, for anyone who's ever had any kind of a shooting event. Man, it, it's, a, it's the real deal. I don't care if it's in the military or civilian and law enforcement. It's, it's the real deal. I'm never going to tell somebody that they could have done something better or different. And the circumstances are, well, just from experience, when it hits the fan, it hits the fan. And one of the things I noticed a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, is a female officer and she's making a traffic stop and this dumbass pulls a gun on her and starts blasting away. And she is just really amazingly calm, cool and relaxed. Gets around the car, goes to the passenger side and unloads her um, sidearm on the guy and he, he's dead. And I've, it's kind of weird to just kind of share a few things. You know, back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s, and of course, for those of you who worked in law enforcement like I did, I don't know how many people are still around from the 40s and 50s and 60s, but, you know, we carried 38s. Uh, I carried in, for a few years, I carried a 357 in Wisconsin, and I cha- chambered 357 rounds. But generally, we carried a Model 10, City of Tampa. It was the old Model 10, six-shooter. I'll put a link to one of those things up, and we, we were taught to double tap, bang, bang. And you had bang, bang. You had six rounds, you know. The whole idea was fire for effect and take your person down. I get that. And I understand that today, you know, the firepower out there is phenomenally more powerful. And everybody's carrying semi-automatics. I get that. And uh, some people are carrying 40 cals. Very few people are carrying 45s. Most are carrying 9 millimeters. I understand that as well. I understand the idea of shooting until the person goes down. And that even when they're down, they're still a threat. Believe me, (laughs) that I get. But it's just really weird for those of you who are younger and who've retired um, from law enforcement. And you've got the experience that's just completely different from what I have. Where a dark uniform for some agencies was viewed as militaristic bringing out your shotgun you really needed to have a cause for that and today you see these guys come out damn near with bazookas i mean i don't know what the hell they're all carrying if you watch live pd and you see some of these things they bring out and uh like what the hell is these things i know it's like it's basically a shotgun type beanbag thing and they've got tasers and you know, there's a lot of equipment out there that we just didn't have and i'm not going to say this to be mean but i think we had a we had to use our wits a little bit better than some of these people are today they've got some really good officers out there but when you just didn't have the kind of support and manpower and swat that they have today and 
TRT, and I mean, you just didn't have it. And back in the day, uh, the funeral home hearse would also serve as the ambulance. They just put a red light on it and go to the call. You think I'm joking about that? I'm not kidding at all. This was really the way it was. But here we got a guy who has a sign, and people will unquestionably believe this that an AR-15 around can do that kind of damage. Now, when you're hit, if you're hit with a, a rifle, I got news for you. It's it's bad news. Okay, it's going to be really bad news. You're going to get hurt pretty damn bad, and it's it's going to cause a lot of damage. But I I got to tell you, I just think a lot of these people really need, unfortunately, a really good enema because they're really full of beans. Connecting Dots is a production of Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. All rights reserved. Rebroadcast or distribution prohibited without expressed written authorization. Connecting Dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This broadcast does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. So if you're new to Connecting Dots, always remember, never forget because of our sponsor and what we do here for work at Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing, and our extensive holdings and those of mine, we always have to do that little disclaimer. So when I got done looking at this, I thought to myself, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, can you do me a favor? When you see something like this and you know it's full of beans, could you just simply exercise good, sound judgment? And tell people when BS is BS. You may be 100% in favor of gun control. You may want to take all the guns away from all the law-abiding citizens in the world. And you may want to allow all of the rich and wealthy and famous to live nice and comfortably behind their walls and gates and private guards. And you may believe that everybody deserves a second, third, fourth, and fifth chance. That all drugs should be made legal and basically minor crimes such as assault and battery as long as it's not with a weapon. Really, you should just keep turning the other cheek and you probably do something to deserve it. And at the very most, you can get a dog, but don't get a real one. Just get that voice thing that, you know, you can hit. And hopefully when somebody, you know, comes to your house and tries to get in, they'll be nice and pleasant. And if they really want something, give them, you know, shelter, give them food. And, you know, it's it's really yours to give up and, you know, don't expect the folks that are elected to public office to open their doors to people because they have a much more important job to do. You hear a little sarcasm in my voice? Well, here's the thing. When somebody is so off the charts, either to the left or right, you're not doing your cause any good. And a rational, calm discussion is what we do here at our firm. We are forecasters. We look at facts and figures, and absolutely we take into consideration The fact that a lot of people are emotionally, well, crippled and they can't really make 
sound decisions. They don't have an inner voice. They lack the intelligence, not because they're hardwired that way, it's because they just aren't using God's gift. I really believe, and you can say otherwise, that intelligence is something you can improve on at any age. And if you don't use it, you lose it. And I think, unfortunately, for an awful lot of people, they don't use it and they've lost it. So one of the things I've then bounced into was uh, I was looking at a pair of pants. <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking at a pair of pants. I, I will make no bones about it. I always have at least two firearms on me, and I have a knife I carry, and, and uh, I wear my suit and tie when I go out, and I am prepared uh, appropriately when I carry either a shoulder bag or a briefcase. You know, I just, uh, I believe an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that's not a crazy survivalist. It's, it's called, you know, you never know when it's going to hit the fan. On September the 11th, 2001, I was supposed to be in New York City, specifically in Tower 2. And I went to a convention in New Orleans, and I was at a hotel next to the World Trade Center in New Orleans. A lot of people don't know that there are multiple World Trade Centers if you want to go to Wikipedia, look it up. You can see that there are several. And when the towers crashed, uh, some folks standing against a wall uh, where I was seated in this a conference room, one of the ladies, uh, they were, everybody's phone went off. Everybody's pagers went off. It was just, it was, it was a weird thing. It just uh, one after another and everything else. And um, it, it was just, it was weird. And nobody knew what to do. And th the speaker just kept going. And, you know, I got a call from my uh, primary office person and a, a lady by the name of Carol. She's English. And Carol gets on the phone and my, my phone rings. And uh, no, one was, no one was supposed to bother me unless, uh, you know, it hit the fan. And Carol in her English accent says, boss, we're under attack. <laughs> so what do you mean we're under attack? And she uh, proceeds to tell me what's going on. They're watching everything at the office. So I quite literally was amazed. And the speaker just kept on going. And the people who were running the conference were all focused on what they were doing. And so, like I said, this lady next to me, um, unquestionably where the first plane hit, which was about where we would have been sitting because she was with the firm that was hosting this thing. Had I been in New York City, I'd been fried. I, w I would have uh, definitely been fried. But uh, one of the ladies just passed out. She just went to the ground, passed out. That's when I stood up and went to the front, and I, uh, the speaker was real miffed, and I said, I'm sorry, you have to step aside. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, we all know what's going on. There's been a, a, planes have flown into the World Trade Center. Now there's two. Obviously, we're under attack. You need to take care of things at, with your homes and home offices, et cetera. And uh, uh, management here hasn't, you know, isn't doing anything. If they don't like it, I don't care. But I said, you guys, and everybody's bailing for the doors. At the time, my family was with me, and I had my nanny with me. And I said, uh, I called upstairs, and I said, get the hell out of here. I said, we're near the World Trade Center. We're in New Orleans. I have no idea what's going on. Go to the zoo like you were planning on doing. So I sent the family to the New Orleans Zoo. Nobody showed up that day. They basically had the run of the place. You might say, as my wife did then, why? I said, Who did, who's going to attack a zoo? I mean, I literally don't know what the hell's going on here, but who's going to attack a zoo? They're going to take a, take, go on and get the giraffes, the, the fish, the monkeys, the <laughs> zebras. No, I don't think so. Go to the zoo. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to figure out what's going on. Now, I'm going to give you a little idea about technology. And back then, I had an auto dialer that I used for clients to communicate information. It was a lot cheaper than sending out mail, short little items. So I called the office and I said, uh, turn on the, uh, the answering machine and, I'm, and uh, don't answer the phone because I'm going to call right back. They turned on the answering machine and I basically said, um, good morning, this is Paul Truesdell, blah, 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 blah. As you may have been watching the World Trade Center, et cetera, the, there's no question that the United States is in, in some type of an attack. 
The question will be, will the stock market open up? I believe that based upon the totality of circumstances, now a chance it's going to open up the rest of the week. So, you know, govern yourselves accordingly. I had a cute little script I wrote out, called back. And I said, take that tape. And this is when, again, this is before technology was rampant. Take that tape and put it into, because it was the same size when those small cassette tapes, things. not a cassette, but those little micro sets. Put it in the auto dialer and start calling every one of our clients and start telling them, there's nothing we can do. Do not panic. Panic when I tell you to, but we'll get through this. We've, it's, it's, it's like September, October the 19th, 1987. Just, and I gave everybody a script because I'm in New Orleans. I can't get back to the uh, Ocala metropolitan area where we were at at the time. Not a single client from then panicked. Not, no, not a single one dumped. People all panicked all over the boards, but I jumped on it right away, which is why one of the things we've done here in our firm is we've always been proactive in trying to use technology efficiently and effectively. And I've said this on a couple of different occasions that you know back years ago, I used to use cassette tapes, man. Every damn tape costs a buck, but it was less expensive to buy a tape and have a tape duplicator old-fashioned cassette tapes than it was to write a letter. You know, you can stumble through your grammar and you can make some mistakes audio-wise. People are forgiving, but when you write it out, they want it to be also perfect. Thank God for software programs like Grammarly. But I tell you this because, you know, it doesn't make any difference what you do in life. you got to be prepared. For example, when I was a TAMP police officer, I always had maxi pads in the trunk of my car. Now, why would a guy like me carry maxi pads? Because it makes the best damn thing when somebody has been shot or stabbed or a serious wound. You throw a maxi pad on with one. Of the, I used to always carry several rolls of gauze, and I carried a... Those, um, gosh, I can't even think of the name of it. The big, it was um, tan in color, like elastic tape, and you just wrap it real quick, and it cl- clinged on. It just whatever you probably know what I'm talking about. If you guys in medical services, in a couple of occasions, I had that. I had a couple of car accidents where just it was nasty. And uh, for uh, fire rescue, got there. You know, I had a couple of guys go, "Yeah, true's done your damn maxi pads, but they work, man. They they work." I always liked the ones that had the wings, that had the tape on. I could peel those off and slap those on. Ladies, I, I, like, I like those things. In fact, don't put on your... But see, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, you've got to be prepared. You just, you don't know. I mean, I'm not going to do surgery in the field, but I damn sure can stop bleeding and help somebody not keep from bleeding out. So when you look at the trunk of your car, especially for people who live down south, you probably got nothing in the trunk other than junk. But do you have water? Do you have... You know, up north, when it's cold, you have your salt, you have your... Sand, you might have a snow shovel, you have your change, you have different things that you might need to get out of a snow drift and get through uh, a rough a rough patch, but um, that stuff can happen anywhere. So one of the things I saw is when I was looking at this, go figure, I saw an ad for tactical pants. So I spent a few minutes this morning looking at tactical pants because the pair that I have from years ago are worn out and I got rid of them. I've lost a few pounds. I'm trimming down intentionally. Not that I was heavy, heavy set at all. I'm just uh, getting a lot more lean and mean and getting those abs nice and tight. And the old guy still, still got it. Bottom line is, uh, you know, you carry so much crap. Man, you've got uh, your phone. And in my case, I always have a full size or I'll carry a mini iPad. And, and uh, didn't say maxi pad. That's an iPad. Okay. And then you might have uh, your battery charger, your iPods. And I mean, there's so much stuff that you carry that I started thinking, you know, some of these pants look pretty damn good. And I'm going to go out and investigate and get another pair. And, you know, I don't like these guys that run around looking like G.I. Joe commandos in a civilian world. But having these extra pockets when you're just being casual might make a lot of sense. So I'm going to take a look at that. If you have any experience in that area, I'd, I'd like to know because, you know, 
uh, it's a pain in the rear end to be out uh, doing a full day of consultations, running around, and you're sweating like a horse and a hog, and you could be wearing a nice polo shirt, a nice dress shirt, and having some pants that uh, would kind of take care of all the gear you got to carry. I also on uh, Facebook have a group called Twitter for Business and um, chatted a little bit with some of these folks uh, today about Twitter. And one of the things in business, I'm just asking if you guys have any experience in this area, tell me, I'm I'm interested because, you know, Twitter years ago was a lot of fun. There were a lot of people on there. You had a lot of conversations. There were some normal people, a lot of weird people on there. But it seems like for right now, Twitter is just basically nothing more than a place for business. I mean, you don't have the people ranting and raving like you did years ago. You know, obviously it's Jack Dorsey has his political biases and that's just the way it is. But, you know, is Twitter really any good for business anymore? I mean, does anybody that I mean, is it is it used for anything other than just promoting news events and and uh, live streaming and uh, businesses promoting themselves? I mean, does anybody really use Twitter for business? I mean, the ads, I don't are the ads worth a darn on there. I'd like to know if you if you are using Twitter in one way, shape or another, I'd, I'd be interested because one of the things we're trying to do here is to promote fixed cost investing. You know, what we do is different. Um, it's different. We're different. Um, most of our clients are different because they want a true fiduciary. They refuse to pay more because they have more. So if you think you're different, you want to be different, you want to work with different people, let us know because uh, it's better, it's simple, and it works. And one of the things I will not do, which is different, is waste money on things that are just plain stupid. Had a gentleman I'm connected to on Facebook, uh, Leo, who posted something, a little, a little thing, a little picture. said, I have a secret. I need to confess. You may need to sit down for this. I have never watched Game of Thrones, not one episode. So I, um, I, I saw the very first one. Um, I got through probably half of it. I was distracted throughout most of it. Just didn't get, not my cup of tea. It's kind of like Harry Potter, not my cup of tea. Um, and so I sat down and I said, you know, what's with Game of Thrones? And I saw a couple articles that it's just, it's very dark. Uh, it's a lot of sex and a lot of violence. And, and I'll be real blunt with you, not interested. That's just, that's not where I roll. Um, you can, you can do that if you want, but that's just not, that's not me. So I looked up the demographics for uh, Game of Thrones and I thought it was kind of interesting because uh, the, the demographics are interesting. Uh, under 18 is only 8.2%. Uh, 30th, 44, 18%. Above 45, <laughs> a sliver. Okay, so I would be above 45. But the uh, 18 to 29 is overwhelmingly uh, 71.9%. So then what I did is I, I basically said, well, what, what is the gig here? I mean, uh, exactly who is, I mean, who's watching this thing? And, and it's overwhelmingly men. Well, that makes sense. Okay, that, that made sense to me. But there were a few other things I, I thought this survey was, was interesting. I'm going to pull it up here for just a minute. Let's see if I can do that real quick. And I did not have this set up in the queue, but um, that's fine. Today, we're just kind of spitballing it. Let me make this a little bit bigger. I could play a song while we're doing this, but I'm not going to do that. So gender, 81.8% men, 17.3% female, and then other was a slice. Not sure, again, other. That's, I always find that interesting. Men, women, and other. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not making fun of anybody. I just don't understand what's other. 
And then um, pick one. Now, according to this, it says, um, let's see, what do we got here? Oh, all these damn ads that keep popping. You know, everybody has these pop-up ads. You're not you're not ingratiating yourself with me. I'm not going to come back to your website. Okay, so 1829 mail. And let's see, it says, you only read the books, hardly anybody. You only watched the show, hardly anybody. You read the books and you watched the show. Okay, so apparently there are books for Game of Thrones. 90.5% watched the television show and read the books. I think that's interesting. That, 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 that I thought was amazing statistic. Not quite sure what to make out of it, but one of these days I'll figure it out. Which did you begin to do first, read the books or watch the show? I began to read the books first, 22.7. I watched the show and read the book simultaneously, 9.2. That's interesting. I began watching the show first, 62.2. Now that is, that's interesting because, you know, most people, what do you do? You write a book and the book goes to, uh, it goes to print and then they have the hardback and you have softback and you have discounts and you do your, you know, you do your road show. And then if you're lucky, you get a show made, a movie made out of it or a, a show. John Grisham has written a lot. I'm a big fan of John Grisham. Lives up in the Panhandle in Florida. John Grisham lives in Grayton Beach and um, been there a lot. Been up there. Have a place up there. Love it. Don't know how many times we're going to be going back. They've got some changes we're going to be making here. But the thing is, he's had a lot of books that have been made into movies. Some more successful than the other. Years ago was The Firm. Uh, let's see. Which do you like better? Now, here is something I thought was really cool, okay? Which do you like better? What do you think they did? Come on. I mean, the show is going to attract, I guess, a billion viewers. It's going to be off the charts. It's a marketing dream, right? The show, right? Yeah, of course the show. No, that came in third. They're both equally good. It was 30.6%. The books, 64.6%. I thought that was amazing. Did the show do a good job of adapting the series? Yes, it did. 83.6. No, 9.2 other, whatever other would be. Can't make my mind up. 7.3. And uh, does it bother you that the show has overtaken the books? No, 47. Yes, 47. Other, whatever that is. So I thought you'd find that of interest that, uh, you know, Game of Thrones is really... Uh, Big deal, I guess, huh? I haven't watched it. If you've watched it and I don't have a take on it, if you think there's something that I can use for business and learn from that, let me know. But um, hey, I guess it's like the NCAA basketball tourney. I don't watch that either. Don't watch football. Don't watch basketball either. In fact, I don't even watch golf anymore. I don't watch anything that isn't intellectually stimulating because, frankly, I ain't got time right now. And intellectually stimulating doesn't include politics either. Boy, is that ever a boring thing. Mueller, by the way, is definitely going to get a conviction on all the Trumps. They've got a place in San Quentin for all of them. They're going to be going there any day now. Rachel Madcow said that. Oh, you believe that, don't you? I believe it. Come on. Rachel said it. It's got to be true. So uh, once again, according to uh, Bloomberg... Not my clients and hopefully not you. Everybody's doing the same old thing. Now, the Standard & Poor's 500, an ETF known as SPY. The ETF has got more money going into it than Carter has pills. It is just blowing up like crazy. So I've got, they got this chart that shows in December and January and February. I mean, people just, you know, they just they pulled their money out, pulled their money out. Things started going south in August of last year and September, October. People kept pulling their money out. You know, some put money in, some people took money out. But if you look at where most people put money in, God, it's hilarious. It is truly buying high and selling low. You know, I got to tell you, here's the thing. 
Investors poured more than $5.6 billion into this ETF known as SPY last week. According to Bloomberg, the world's largest ETF saw inflows of this magnitude. It was on the cusp of the bear market of 2018. We didn't have a bear market. We had a little bit of a pullback. And this is the kind of horse manure that a lot of these magazines and mainstream news outlets just really burns me up to no end. We had a bear market in 2018. Oh, no bear market. Market was down 4%. Big whoop. I mean, literally, big whoop. Things go up, things go down. There's always going to be a little bit of a fluctuation in the market. We've just gotten, uh, well, used to everything going up. So uh, stocks are up about 16% this year, fueling the temptation that, uh, well, you better get in there or bail out and take your profits. Here's the thing. Always remember, never forget something we talk about all the time here. You got to have a methodical approach to investing, a very methodical approach. If you do that, you're going to be fine. But if you don't have a methodical approach, you're going to get burned. That's all there is to it. You are listening to episode 30 of Connecting Dots. Let's take a 90-second break to stretch our legs and pour a fresh cup of coffee. This episode of Connecting Dots, 100 Years of Brainwashing, is sponsored by Fixed Cost Investing. Fixed-cost financial is the home of fixed-cost investing. The true fiduciary-based registered investment advisor, where you do not pay more, or receive less. Visit FixedCostInvesting.com, that's FixedCostInvesting.com today. Do not delay. Do it today. Fixed-cost investing. It's better, it's simple, and it works. Fixed cost investing is the only true fiduciary-based investment advisor approach you should ever consider. Remember, the website is fixedcostinvesting.com. Now, back to episode 29, 100 Years of Brainwashing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things? I like that. We missed a uh, component. I'm not going to go out and edit that out. Uh, <laughs> so this is not episode 29. This is actually episode 31. Hey guys, we got to get better on that. Uh, that uh, section is uh, got two components that need to be changed every time we do this. So bad on you, bad on me. We didn't catch it. Oh well, not a big deal. Hey, listen, one of the things that I'm going to wrap two items up real quick and we'll get out of here. Burning Man, the future of Burning Man's in question. It's got a fight with the uh, government. And um, I've got some property up in Idaho. And so I understand very well what it's like to work with the Bureau of Land Management and they want physical barriers and dumpsters and you know they're kind of concerned about the environmental impact over Burning Man and what's going on and I kind of thought hey this is kind of cool so show me a Democratic administration sorry I'm not going to pick on Democrats because the same thing with Bush but 
let's go back. We had Obama, and we had Bush, and we had Clinton, and we had Bush, and we didn't have any concern over uh, these events that are basically mass casualty events when it comes to uh, the environment. And, you know, it's, um, I'm not going to be mean about it because a lot of people want to go and party and have a good time. But, you know, a lot of these events, when people leave, it just, it is an absolute pigsty. It costs a lot of money to clean it up. And I'm going to talk, I think maybe tomorrow, the next day, maybe I'll just mention a little bit today. My son was telling me that out in the middle of the Pacific in a little tiny island, they found, they saw, they found the, you know, microscopic uh, pieces of, um, I'm going to get the, uh, the word screwed up, but uh, plastic out there. I mean, in other words, these, all the plastic in the world is just going literally everywhere. And so I started thinking, he said, you know, how many people have died of cancer and this, that, and everything else? And what they actually got all this plastic get jammed up in them. You know, think of all the grocery store people that have plastic bags. And they, you know, they pop those bags open, they put your crap in it, and you go home with it. It's just the exposure has got to be huge, just right there. And all, I mean, how many you open anything up has got you know this box is covered in plastic, and then inside it's a piece of plastic, and then hell, half the stuff are probably is plastic. Got to stop doing this stuff. Got to stop doing this stuff. But we got to be a little bit more, more sensitive to the environment without being crazy in terms of. Uh, crazy nut job environmentalist in the sense that, uh, again, like I was saying before, you know, when you have people who say, this is the size of a hole of an AR-15 and you're just full of shit, um, you're killing, you're destroying yourself. Just like the people who say, oh, you know, uh, back when the dinosaurs were roaming around and they invented the, uh, the Remington 870, no, no. Or when you say that man's only been around for a couple hundred years, oh, everything is, we've invented is only, no, man, this stuff's been going on for a long time. But I think it's righteous. I mean, look, um, you know, you've got 100,000 people that are going to descend in a pristine property, and, and um, it's just, you know, they literally trash it. I've been to Washington on numerous occasions for events, and then to see the mall, oh, geez, what people do to trash, just literally trash the environment is just is mind-boggling to me. So let's compare that with a, a you know a couple other things that are going on, and that is nuclear energy. I mean, we quite literally have, oh, we got an environmental president, and it's who we actually have a green energy president and nobody's talking about it. So what do I mean by that? I mean, you got what we talked a little bit about this in a couple of our podcasts, and um, I really wanted you to do some reading on it because this generation four nuclear energy is is huge. Uh, Adam Curry of uh, No Agenda, he does a show with uh, John Dvorak. He does it on Sunday, I think on Thursdays. Great show, great podcast. Been listening to it for many, many years. Haven't listened to it for the last couple of months. But it, Adam Curry, and you might know Adam Curry from MTV when MTV was MTV and it was actually cool. Um, Adam Curry has been talking about this for a long time. I've been talking about this for a long time. When you have technology where the nuclear reactor basically eats its own poop, which is what you'll remember when I say this, old, these old generators, right? These old plants, they generate... Okay, get the stuff out, take it to the new generation four, and it eats it. It's gone. I mean, 
come on. If you can create safely, we've had no, no problems with these things. We've had Chernobyl. And the overreaction to Chernobyl, to the Fukushima, the Three Mile Island, that was a legit thing. But the world didn't end. And yet we have these people who are absolutely losing their minds. They want wind. They want solar. Where do you think these... I have windmills on, on my ranch in, in uh, Texas. It's, it's all, they're everywhere. The damn things don't work half the time. Blades fall. Number of birds that are killed. My, people have no idea the number of birds that get slaughtered by these things. They just naturally attract them and get wiped out. And then you have osprey who'll make uh, birds nests in these damn things and ruin everything. But my point being is that, what, do you think those blades were free? You think uh, the, the gas to make them, uh, the, to truck them, to build them, to maintain? No. I mean, if you take all of the costs in, it's like anything else. Oh, I'm going to buy an electric car. I'm going to buy an electric car. Quite potentially, if you bought a used car and fix it up, the actual total energy output would be less. You got to consider absolutely everything into, into it. You get a family, for example, of uh, five and drives a Suburban. Oh, those people are slobs. Look how terrible they are. They get lousy gas mileage. Well, if you got a Suburban making 15 miles to the gallon, okay, you're getting 45 miles to the gallon. You say, oh, no, you're not. Yeah, you are. Because you have five passengers and it's getting 15. 15 times five is 45. You've got a vehicle getting 30. Congratulations. You're getting 30 miles to one passenger. You're, you're driving solo. You have to view it like that. Nobody does that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that we do here at Connecting Dots. It's real simple math. It works. Keep it simple. It's always going to be better. So we've got Donald Trump, that's kind of cool, who is quite literally, he could be the green president, just like it took Nixon to open up China. Maybe it's going to take uh, the, uh, the guy who um, Glenn Beck calls Cheeto Man. Maybe it's going to take Cheeto Man to actually get us to where I've said for 175 years, we have to have nuclear energy is literally the most efficient, it's most effective. And of course, we're going to be blocked by, as you know, you're going to have people like um, Warren Buffett, who's got a big interest in uh, trains, trains that carry oil. Got to get that oil from Canada. Don't build a pipeline because we don't want that. No, get the uh, get them trains because you know trains never have accidents. There's never spills. And I'm Warren Buffett. Everybody loves me. I'm just a nice guy from Omaha. <laughs> yeah. Follow the money, guys. Follow the money. Then you've got car manufacturers, and they're beginning to realize this ain't working out quite the way they want it to work out. People like their... You know, when you, when you really realize, especially if you live in a city, you can always rent a, a combustible engine vehicle and go wherever you want to go. Our family travels frequently from border to border and coast to coast. We do a lot of traveling. We use Suburbans when we travel. We can get them from, uh, I don't know where we get them from, Avis and Hertz and Enterprise, wherever they run from. But... If you live in a city and you're only doing 30, 40 miles, 100 miles, 200 miles in a day, you know, kind of cool to have an electric vehicle, especially when you can just, you never have to go for, you know, get gas, especially if you're living in an apartment or a condo and, you know, it's just right there. A lot of things to do. It's ways to think. It's, the world's changing. So will our president, Chito El Toro Trumpo, get us to our uh, promised land of having Generation 4 nuclear power? And will we actually begin muscling up compared to the rest of the world in this area, or are we going to continue to fall behind with politics as usual? Eh, let's not go there. It is, and I enjoyed this today, a nice little peasy conversation. We had a little bit of a mistake in one of the, uh, the intermissions, but we're going to fix that. Not a big deal, is it? Nah. April the 16th, Tuesday. Last episode of the TV show, The Rookie Tonight. Going to watch that. Always get a kick out of that show. It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely nuts. 
anything like it's not reality but it is it is somewhat entertaining what do you say we uh, dance out of here this has been episode 31 of connecting dots thank you for listening please visit our sponsor fixed cost financial the home of fixed cost investing at fixedcostinvesting.com that's fixedcostinvesting.com we got love that will never need to hide love will always rise above whatever comes we will be just fine if I am yours and you are mine take my hand and let's fly away to another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me Now we're one with the sun over our heads And at night we'll be the stars We can go any place that we want to I don't care if that's too far Take my hand and let's fly away To another galaxy Hold me close, I want to feel your love Together we are free Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me. All rights reserved. Reproduction prohibited without written authorization.